Hello everybody, welcome. This is episode 74 of the Running 44 at 60 podcast. Now, have you ever thought about doing a run that's going to be at least 145 miles? And if you take the odd wrong turn, it's probably going to be 151 miles. Well, that's what we're going to learn today from our guest, Jim Spencer, who recently completed the amazing North Cornwall Coast Challenge. Jim's been only the third person ever to complete it in what's known as the winter period. So let's go and meet Jim and hear about all his adventures on this amazing, amazing run. Jim, welcome to the podcast, the North Coast Challenge. Wow, that sounds like a hell of a challenge. What's that all about? Well, 18 months ago, Trevor, I knew nothing about it. And one Sunday afternoon, my wife said to me, Katie said to me, Rob and Aidan are doing the North Coast Challenge. Shall we go and go and see them en route somewhere? And I was, what's the North Coast Challenge? So we went out, this was June last year. So we went out to Portreath and saw uh, Rob and Aidan stumbling into Portreath. And then we went to Zena and just caught Rob on his own running around Zena like he was as fresh as a daisy. <laughs> and, I, and I Googled the North Coast Challenge and I thought, I'm going to have a go at this, but I'm going to do it in the winter. Wow. And I was going to do it last November, uh, November the 27th, I think the, the date was I was going to do it. But I took my camper van off the road for a refit and it, it took a little bit longer than anticipated. Okay. <laughs> so with with COVID and crewing and the camper van not being available, I decided to put it off until this year. But I was always going to do it in the winter. Wow, because so, my understanding is you're the, only the third person, Jim, to have completed the challenge in the winter. That's right, Trevor. Third person, second male behind the founder of the of the challenge, uh, Steve Wyatt, the, the pirate. Steve Wyatt, the pirate. Who we all know is um, the Ark of Attrition six-time winner. That guy's got some pedigree. <laughs> and Wendy Chapman, of course, the other finisher, who's uh, who you all yes, know quite Wendy's, well. Yeah, Wendy's got her own pedigree as well. She's um, she's done the South Coast Challenge as well, which um, isn't it doesn't have its own website or car sticker, I might add, like the North Coast <laughs> Challenge does. So only the third person to complete it in the winter months, and uh, I think the winter months start at the beginning of November. You did it. You started it, Jim, on Friday the 5th. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, all that stuff. So uh... I'm not going to forget it in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> so was that the plan, to start on bonfire night? So you could see the fireworks on the way around? It was just the earliest date I could do it because I, I'm back at work on the 16th. So I, I needed I needed some time to recover. <laughs> <laughs> now, just... Um, just so what I'd like to do is just get a feel for the for you know the course. Now I looked in the uh, I looked on the North Coast Challenge website, Jim, and it said that the start was at a place called Masland Mouth, and there's a there's a it gave the impression that there's a small sign in the bottom of a valley on the Cornish side of a bridge crossing a stream, and that's the official start line. Is that is that what that, you found? <laughs> that's exactly it, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. It took us a while to find it because I, I I'd been around in the cart. Uh, in the car on Monday last week just to have a look at crew points, etc. So I, I went to the start and there's basically nowhere to park because you walk down you walk down the coast path for about half a mile right. to the 
Okay. Uh, and yeah, you're right. It is a little bridge. One side of it's Cornwall, one side of it's Devon. And is, is there a symbolic sign there, Jim, you know, saying this is the start of the North, Course, uh, North Cornwall Coastal Challenge? Absolutely not. There's one <laughs> sign that says Devon, one sign that says Curnow. <laughs> So, um, so you start. What, what did you start? What time did you start on Friday the fifth? Then I wanted to start at uh, twenty two hundred uh, ten p.m., but we walked down there, and Rob Standing, who did it in the summer, was my overnight runner, and he said, "I'm ninety percent sure it's this way," and it wasn't that way. It was the other <laughs> way. <laughs> Wait, so you run into Devon? <laughs> so, so when we uh, when we found the the start it was uh, about quarter past 10 22 15 oh. when we... <laughs> so you got lost at the right at the beginning of an, an extraordinary adventure it's not like you, you know you've got 5k in front of you is it at that point <laughs> and that, that continued <laughs> we started we started off lost and we continued <laughs> so um so you start you start there so uh, just just talk us through where uh, you what you head towards Bude then i imagined you uh, yeah, we did. We went through Bude. Um, where do we start? We Devon Cornwall border. We went through a little place called Duckpool, okay, which is which is basically a car park that cuts the coast path in half. Um, Widemouth Bay. Yep. Yeah. Near Bude. Yep. Wid- Widmouth Bay. Crackington Avon. Oh yeah. Uh, Bos- Boss Castle. Boscastle was uh, 26 miles in. I think we'd done 31 miles by that point. <laughs> and, uh, and I, was, I was so pleased. I was so pleased that the toilets were open on the um, on the public car park there. <laughs> you must have been so pleased you got Rob as your navigator, obviously, at that point as well. Uh, yeah. The, the thing is, Trevor, I've got the Gucci, the Gucci watch. You know, a lot of this is my own fault. I've got a a uh, Phoenix Pro Solar Six watch, which I can put maps onto it. If only I knew how to. If I <laughs> if I knew how to do it, I could have. And I should have taken a couple of hours last week to just upload the map, and that would have saved me. That would have saved me two or three hours, no doubt. Now I did. I did see. Um, a, I did see a picture on. Uh, on social media, Jim, uh, somewhere near Rock, I think, which will be the next point on from Boscastle, where you're actually getting on a ferry. So how does that? How does that? Uh, you know, does the coastal path come to a halt there then, or how does that work? Yes, because yeah, we have to get the ferry um, from Rock to Padstow. This is after after Boscastle. We've got Tintagel, Trebarwith Strand, Port Isaac, um, Pentire Point, and Polzeth. Okay. And then we get on onto uh, Rock Ferry. Right, right. Okay. So, what time did you get to the ferry then at Rock? We just missed it, so I think it was about <laughs> seventeen, seventeen fifteen. We had to call the water taxi. Oh, the drive round. The drive round is about an hour. Okay. So, um, so what we would have done was driven from the Rock side round to the Padstow side, where the ferry actually gets off. Okay. But we managed to call the water taxi. And within five minutes, we were sat freezing cold on this water taxi because <laughs> it was when we when we were weren't moving, it was cold. I can imagine, yeah. So this was uh, sort of around about quarter past five on the Saturday afternoon, that's, then. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 
Okay. So and then, then, you, um, then you, and how were you feeling at that point? Then you, you feeling? Uh, what were you feeling like? I was feeling great. I was okay, apart from I, since before Boscastle, I had an up, upset tummy. Okay. Which um, which didn't really stretch any any more than that. It didn't make me feel weak or anything. It's just that I, everything I ate or drank was just coming out again. Okay. Which which wasn't very nice and had its own had its own um, challenges. But um, but yeah, I was very lucky. I had I had Katie, Kate, my wife Katie and Claire crewing for me in my van, and a work colleague in his van. So we were, you know, we were very well looked after. And I must take my hat off to the crew because whilst I'm the guy that's running, they're, they're driving around. They, my van did 342 miles. Wow. I only ran 151. I ran a bit further than I should have done, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the, you know, it's very tiring for the crews. Yeah. I can imagine, yeah. So uh, you, you successfully got the water taxi, and you're now what heading towards uh, Watergate Bay in Newquay, I imagine, are you? Uh, yeah, via Padstow, Padstow, Harlem Bay, uh, Port Cosen, Morganport, Watergate Bay. There's some sand dunes at Watergate Bay. At least I think that's where they were. It might have been Harlem Bay. Well, that was a nightmare. Okay. Absolute nightmare. Just trying to climb up sand dunes and. I think it was Harlem Bay where the tide was in, and we were at one point um, kind of rock climbing, and we had to double back on ourselves. It was too dangerous. Rock climbing in the dark with the sea lapping at your feet is not um, oh, it's, it's not what I wanted to do. Blimey, that that doesn't sound good at any point. But by the you know at that point you you're almost twenty four hours into the run. Crikey! Or are you twenty four? Yeah. Was it was it in the, was it night time then when you were there? I guess it would be. Yes, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about eight, eight, nine o'clock, yeah. So coming up towards 24 hours, yeah. And so yeah. Did, yeah, feeling good, did you have, I mean, did you have any little power naps in that first 24 hours? Or Absolutely not, no, unless I did it standing up running. And I just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like, good job you didn't do it on the rocks then with the tide lapping in, having a quick power nap, you know, so yeah. blimey, yeah. blimey. That's right. So um, now I understand you had to run through Newquay. When you got to Newquay, there's no real coastal path, I don't think, is there? You have to go no, through the town centre, don't you? So Newquay on a Saturday yeah. night was that when you were late Saturday night? Was it, you were running through the town centre with everybody coming out of the pubs, were you? Yeah, it was a bit rowdy. We did contemplate having a kebab, <laughs> <laughs> but we um, we missed we missed the crew. Um, my fault completely because I was so head down just running. And I, I missed where I told the crew to go. And then um, we ended up going around the wrong side of the golf club. But, you know, modern technology, we managed to phone each other and WhatsApp each other and we did meet up. Okay. Which, but it's, you know, as I say, if I'd taken a couple of hours to work out how to map it, it would have been so, so much easier. Well, you're a man of detail usually, Jim, so I'm surprised at this omission in your planning. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I just thought for the first 88 miles, I'm going to wing it. Because, <laughs> because the, the first 88 miles up to Perrinporth, I've hardly ran at all. I've run a little bit in Waterbait, Watergate Bay and a little bit in Tintagel. Right. And I think that's about it, really. 
when you say run it, you mean the wrecking in beforehand or, or well, running on the actual? It was more running with Kate and Claire to fill up their heat flask on Strava. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the odd comment of, oh, you'll run through here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is Perrenporth rough? Well, Perrenporth's over halfway then, isn't it? 88 miles. Yeah, 88 miles, yeah. Yeah. So um, Claire ran me through through Perrenporth. We, we managed to get onto the beach, but we couldn't get off the beach at the other end. Okay. So again, we had to double back and climb up the sand dunes. And I, I wasn't I wasn't very happy about climbing up sand dunes <laughs> after running eighty eight miles. And what uh, was was this? Uh, uh, where are you now? Are you now a Sunday morning? Is this the end? Are you still in night two, or are you now a Sunday morning? Uh, yeah, this is this is only hours of Sunday morning, just before sunrise, actually. Okay. Um, because I thought we'll get to Perrenporth if just at sunrise, but we got there a little bit earlier. Okay. So yeah, I was quite happy with that. Fantastic. So then I guess it's on to, towards St Agnes and places like that? Yeah, uh, Aggie, Trevonance Cove um, and Chapelporth, where I was joined by one of the um, one of the TRC runners who took over a shift because I, I had a runner with me at all times. Okay, oh, that's great. Rob, Rob Standing did the uh, night shifts and then Claire ran with me. Claire Menson ran with me for a bit. Um, Imogen... Parnham Kenny came out and ran with me for a bit. My work colleague, Ronnie Boyd, and Claire Menson. And um, I'll, I'll come, come to these guys towards the end, but Chinny, Chinny and Ralph and Colin okay. also came out. And Pezar Greaves from Falmouth Roadrunners. Oh, so it was brilliant. nice to see other, other running clubs Great. supporting me. Great stuff. So where, where was the 100 mile? Where did you go through when you clocked 100 miles then, Jim? Uh, 100 miles was in between Porth Town and Portreath. Okay, okay. And and I know you've done the Arc 100, but, you know, have you done, have you, had you ever done beyond 100 miles before? Well, when I did the Arc 100, I actually made it 104.5. So. Okay. <laughs> you have a bit of a history of extending these runs, Jim, here. <laughs> I, I put that down, I put that down to where the aid stations are. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, great stuff. So, so when 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 the uh, when the watch showed 105 miles, then this was a new PB in terms of yeah, one, right. one run. Yeah, I could have stopped right there, couldn't I? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great stuff. But, but, my, but my work colleague, my work colleague uh, Rolly, who came out and ran with me, surpassed his his distance PB twice over the weekend. <laughs> Did he? Okay. Oh, fantastic. So. So then you start getting towards hail, I imagine, and uh, you know, can you sense then that the you know you're you're getting you know you've you've done the hard work and you you know you're on the last leg sort of thing. Yeah, I, I it was good coming through um, Kadrivi. Um, Kate ran out up to Kadrivi to meet me as we were running down there. Um, Amy and Paul Soul just happened to be there filming, so um, they were. I mean, I. As soon as I saw the camera, that was it. I sped up, and she's trying to interview me as I'm running along. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then um, that seemed to be the joke from Kate all the way, because Katie ran with me to uh, St Ives. Okay. And that seemed to be the joke. She was running in front of me going, come on, Amy's here, come on. <laughs> Got a camera. 
Gosh, so by the time you get to St. Ives, what have you got, 20-odd miles to go then? 20, 23 miles. 23. Okay. Yeah. And well, as soon as I got to St. Ives, I, I knew that I've done it. Although I am not at the end yet, it's yeah. like I can't, nothing's going to stop me now. So were you in the were you in the third night of the run by the time you got to St Ives then? It was still it was still daylight when we got to St Ives. I put my head torch on in be- just before we got to Zena. Okay. And we actually had a good run. I was again with with Rob Sandin at this point. We had a good run between St Ives and Zena. Colin Bath ran from Zena the opposite way to meet us and ran back with us. Okay. I think he was sort of in awe of how fast we were moving at that point. Right. But, uh, which is which is always nice to hear, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. When we when we left when we left Zena, the wheels seemed to come off a little bit between Zena and Pendine, and it started to get a little bit emotional. It was pitch black again, and um, Jimmy Richard Chenoweth and um, Ralph Graves ran from Pendine. And met us, okay. and then took us, took us the wrong way. Because by this time, I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not navigating. I'm just head down running, expecting these two guys to follow their footsteps back, and we went the wrong way. You know, I'm just oh, thinking, God. I've got 15 miles to go. I really don't want to go the wrong way no. anymore. <laughs> I just want to get there. And um, it was at this point I started having, having proper hallucinations. It was quite oh, quite good. Okay. You know, I I, um, I did see a flower pot man in full detail. It was amazing. Wow. I know it's only um, it's only like brown ferns and things, but it was just so detailed and so. Have that happened to you before in any runs before, Jim? Because it does happen to people, doesn't it? It, it does. It, it happens a lot, and I have had it where you run by something and you think, "Oh, that looks like a sheep." Oh, it's not, you know, and it's just kind of dismissed. But this time. I'm, I'm what 48, 49 hours into a run. I'm extremely tired, and uh, these things I was seeing were very, very real. <laughs> <laughs> when I came into um, when I when I came into Land's End, I said to Rob, "I said, Rob, come and look at this pig. There's, there's a pig and a, a pig and a bunny rabbit eating, and he's just Jim. It's a rock." And then, <laughs> and then as we run up up the back of sort of Lanzando town. I'm like, Rob, is that an oil depot? Wow. So, no, Jim, we're, we're here. <laughs> we're here. So fantastic. So, so the uh, what's the finish line? The uh, the iconic uh, sort of signpost at Lands End was that was that where you finished? That's where I finished. Yeah, on the on the signpost that says uh, Lands End John O'Groats. Yeah, John O'Groats, eight hundred and seventy-four miles. Gosh. So how, what was it? What was it like when you got to that point? You know, how did you feel? Because I always think when you get to the finish, you know, it kind of there's a danger you just fall over because of all the emotion that comes out of finishing a run and your physicalness. You just, oh, it just all lets go, doesn't it? How did, did you? I mean, what time? It, what time of the morning was this when you got there? It it was about three thirty something like that. Was it three thirty a.m.? Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, it should have been a lot earlier than that, but. As I say, the wheels came off. At, at Pendine, at Pendine, I stopped in the van. I had a pot of porridge in one hand, a, pot, a cup of coffee in the other hand, and I fell asleep until I felt my mate tried to take my porridge off me. Okay. And then I woke up, and I actually had a good run from Pendine to Cape Cornwall. We we got there before the van did. Um, admittedly, my mate did get lost, but 
we you know we got there just as the van got there wow so did you then, did you take any other power naps then did you try and deliberately do some power naps or was that one just no, no, that was kind all. of accidental the, the intention was to stay awake yeah wow goodness me goodness me so you finish at 3:30 a.m. and a few photographs no doubt and all that sort of stuff and then what do you do then? Do you just go home and sleep, or uh, how does it? Well, or jig around yeah. and say or celebrate and all that stuff. No, we got in the van. Wrongly drove Rob home to St Agnes and said to me, "How far's your house? Because if it's too far, I'm going to fall asleep here." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So even when you finished, you had to you had to go on a detour when you finished to drop your mates off. Goodness me! Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So tell us about, I mean, I'm sure listeners, uh, Jim, will be keen to know then about all the kit that you had with you and what you were eating and drinking uh, on all this. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, as, as I said earlier, I had trouble eating because of an upset, upset tummy. But when I got to Boscastle, it was a bacon sandwich, well, bacon in a brioche roll because they're quite easy to eat, aren't they? Because I do struggle on these long runs with, with eating. Okay. Uh, the, the supplements I I took were the Luchos Delitos blocks, guava and raspberry, like just like a big sugary energy block. But having having counted what's left, I I think I only had three or four of those. Okay. Yeah, which is nothing really. They're 120 calories. You know, I burned um I burned 20,000 calories and lost over eight pound. Did you really? Gosh, goodness yeah. me. So apart from the bacon brioches then, what else was your kind of go-to? And you mentioned porridge, but um, what else yeah, were you eating? Porridge was good. Mashed potato and beans. And, and I got some of the beans with the sausages in. Okay. You know, and I, what you feed kids, but it was really nice. Uh, macaroni cheese, a little tin of macaroni cheese, but I'm only eating sort of half of half a tin or a quarter of a tin i'm only yeah. i'm eating baby amounts yeah because uh, I, I just can't eat like that when i'm running and the fact that it was just gonna go straight through me anyway it was <laughs> and were, were you, were you, how often were you eating did you have deliberate stops where you you know every so often when you stop to eat something yeah, like that the crew the crew would meet me every two to three hours okay and i would I would try to eat something or at least have a cup of tea at that point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was a couple of points where the, uh, I think 10 miles was the longest between stops. Okay. So, you know, I was always sort of well supported. And what about, what about gels and things like that? Does, does that play a role at all in this sort of adventure? I'm never very good with gels. Okay. So, I didn't. Um, I didn't take any. The Luchas Delitas blocks are kind of a gel thing. Yeah. You know, they're they're that sort of nutrition. It's just in a block form. And we, what uh, about sport? What about isotonic drinks and all and carbo drinks and things like that? I I had pH precision hydration fifteen hundred is the mix I have in a bottle, and I was um, Lucas Aid Sport. Luke's okay. Aid Sports seemed to work quite well right. over my few long runs. I had, I think, I had two Red Bulls and um, squash and water. Okay, 
And 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 what about your what about your kit, Jim? Do you want to just tell us about you know what you know where you because you know you yeah shoes sure, and all that sort of stuff or trail shoes presumably. Let's start from the uh, from the feet upwards. I wore Hoka Speed Goat Fours okay. for the first for the first eighty miles. Right. I I changed them consciously at Hale because there's a good stretch of road there, so I put my uh, Hoka Rincons on. Okay. Which were like like putting slippers on after you've <laughs> done eighty odd miles in. Yeah, it must be more than eighty miles. However, however many miles, um, and then I put my peregrines on for the wet technical bits on over the rocks at um, the, the badland, badlands of um, St Ives to Pendine, and I finished in a pair of Brooks Cascadia. But I wore two pairs of socks. I only changed my socks once, right. and I I wear hilly monoskin socks. And my feet are absolutely perfect. Wow! Did you is... did you grease your feet? Did you put because uh, when I did the classic quarter, I was advised to put Vaseline on my feet, which I did, and I had no problems with my feet at all. Uh, no, I didn't. No, I, I used okay. I used Body Glide in some sensitive groin areas, okay. and and over my um, over my nipples. Okay, and and that was that. Uh, it was I haven't got any chafing whatsoever. I haven't got any blisters. Um, the only thing I have got is a massive pain in my solar plexus, <laughs> right, <laughs> right between my rib cage, and it's quite it's quite uncomfortable. And I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to tell listeners that we're recording this on Thursday, the eleventh of November, and um, and Jim finished uh, the run effectively on Monday morning, didn't you? Which was the eighth of November. Yeah, last night, Wednesday night, at the local running club, there you were, back out again straight away. Yeah, I, I, I thought I'd better come for the, uh, for the applause. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. What the- most, and most, notice, most notably, Trevor, now I'm not on Facebook, but there was, I was made aware of how many messages of goodwill people had put on Facebook. Yeah. And that... That was me thinking, well, you know, people do actually care. This is actually quite a big deal. You know, it's quite a... Because wow. to me, it was, it was just another mad run. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think on the basis, you're only the third person, uh, Jim, to take this on. And the Pirate did it uh, December the 1st, 2013. Now, coincidentally, I did the research and Wendy Chapman, she finished it uh, three years ago today. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, the 11th of the 11th, 2018. So you're the first person to do it for three years and complete it in the dark. This is in the winter months, of course. There's been a few yeah. people do it in the summer, including your mate Rob, as you mentioned, and a couple of other lads you know, Stuart Musson and Dave Cudby as well. But um, So, Jim, now um, I'm sure that people listening to this podcast now are just gagging to think, right, oh, I'll do this, I'll do this, this 145 or 150-mile challenge, however it, how it turns out to be. But... You know, joking apart, I mean, we know that you uh, you do all these crazy challenges yourself. But if you were, if people are listening and they're half serious about this, uh, what would be your top tips in terms of their planning and their preparation in particular? Obviously, Trevor, map it. <laughs> uh, rather than wing it for eighty-eight miles, as you mentioned earlier, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Map it. follow your map. Um, also. 
Trevor, I'd say do it when you're fit. I've had um, I've I've had some bad races this year. I ran the um, I ran the plague very badly. I ran the southwest reverse and nearly timed out. And at which point I thought I'd better go and do something about my aches and pains. So Katie had had some acupuncture on her neck, which really really worked. So I I I jacked her acupuncturist, if that's the right term. And and she's done an amazing job on me. Wow! I've had I've had backache since January, and I've just completed 151 miles with a mild back pain on one side. Wow! So there's a lot to be said for this alternative medicine. Absolutely. It, it really, it, it's you know saying that it really worked for me. Yeah, and Jim just. In the in the days before you set off, uh, in terms of what you were eating then, were you were you very conscious around you know the, what everybody would know as carbo loading and things like that? Were you were you particular <laughs> about what you ate in those sort of in that final week almost, or not? Are you you're not really? I had a plan, Trevor. I was just going to eat anything and everything. However, at, up until sixteen hundred on Friday. I was still putting my van back together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a very, very hectic week of um, of organising things. And then it's like, oh, I've missed a meal, I've missed this, I've missed that. But, yeah, that would certainly help. If you could carb load the week before and certainly get some more rest. Because I think it was on the Monday I drove all the way to Marsland Mouth to as I said earlier, just to check out cruise stops, yeah, and where and where the coast path comes in and out of these cruise stops. So I did do a little bit of navigation. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, what a what a what a fantastic fantastic thing to do. So thank you very much for sharing it with the listeners. Um, any final any final bits of advice you want to pass on, not just to people who are doing, you know, the North Coast uh, Challenge maybe, but maybe something a bit less in terms of l- long-distance running and that sort of thing? Um, I think kit is important, the right kit, and navigation. Again, I'll keep going on about that. And uh, nutrition. Sure. If you, if you can eat and keep it in, then yeah. But do, don't underestimate any of these challenges because – you know, they can be quite hard. I, I quite often go out and do a 40-mile run on my own when Kate Kate works in Penzance, so she'll drop me off somewhere and I'll run until she picks me up after work. And I'm carrying all the kit I need. Yeah. And, it, you know, I wouldn't recommend anybody just going out and doing that, especially without without telling anybody what you're doing. Yeah, sure, sure. Especially now it's winter. Yeah, and uh, overall, did you have? Did you pick the right crew in the end? Are they, all, despite the fact they led you astray a bit, <laughs> yeah. it's it's hard work. I I've crewed for somebody for Rob actually during the arc, and it, it's Rob's first arc. He slept more than I did, <laughs> and I was I was crewing. It's hard work. Now so, did, yeah, uh, you need you need your crew to know what you want when you want it, but you also need them to, to be forceful and say, here, drink this, drink that, eat this. Yeah. And, and not say, oh, what do you want? Are you drinking enough water? Because <laughs> you're just going to say yes. 
Well, the, the, the tip I had when I did the classic quarter for my crew was uh, they were briefed to tell me I was looking great all the time, regardless of whether that was true or not. <laughs> and fair dues, they kept saying, oh, you're looking great. <laughs> I, did, I did try to do most of it smiling, but there was a couple of points when I got to the van and realised where I wanted to sit was a bed and the kettle wasn't on. And that was just... <laughs> um. I've been, you know, I've been a bit selfish. It's all about me. Get up. Ah, <laughs> uh, great stuff. Well, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, thank you very much for sharing your your North Cornwall Coast Challenge adventure. And well, well done. You know, I'm being only the third person to complete it in what has been eight years. So fantastic. So you should be very proud of that. So great stuff. Thank you, Trevor. You watch the floodgates open now. You see how many people go out there and do it now. <laughs> They'll all be inspired They'll to do think, it. They'll think, that old man from Travath can do it, so I'm going to go and do it. <laughs> well, and if that is one, if that is uh, somebody who's listening to this podcast, then do let us know when you're doing it, and then we'll do a similar recording like we've done with Jim and find out how your adventure went and whether you could find the start line and head off in the right direction right at the beginning or not. So there we go. <laughs> Jim, thanks very much. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Trevor. There we go. What an amazing adventure for Jim. <laughs> so now, what I'd like to know is what are your amazing adventures that you've got planned for 2022? Because I'm going to do another episode of the podcast very soon. And I just want to get little clips from all listeners or as many listeners as possible to say, hey, Trevor, this is what I'm doing in 2022. So it's very easy to do. Just record it on your phone in that memo bit on your phone, the voice memo thing. Just 60, 90 seconds or so, just explaining what your plans are for 2022. And then send them to me via podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. And I'll include them in an episode at the beginning of December. So thanks very much to everybody who sent them through so far. I have got them. All right. I just want a few more. So do that, please. That would be fantastic. If you like the show, then do share it. Leave a review would be amazing. See you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.